Your old pal, the Crypt Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, JR. How are you doing today, bud? Well, we're recording on December 12, 2020, uh, at night, and, you know, it's a crazy day, very busy. A lot of uh, you and I are wrestling fans. There's, like seemed like there were 16 shows a day there's yeah. ufc there's college football uh nba preseason's back um you know we're in the about the 13 days away now from christmas and you know presents are getting wrapped houses are getting decorated and trying to get stay in that holly jolly spirit uh that is christmas to the best we can during this uh holiday season that we're celebrating during the pandemic and as i told you off the air i may have told uh, in one of our chats that uh two of my cousins was recently diagnosed two days ago with covid yeah put all the, put the whole family on alert so it's like you know they're they're hanging they're hanging in there and they're gonna make full re- recovery you know for all intents and purposes but uh the pretty bad they don't you know they said they lost the sense of taste and smell and trying to get through it so it's just like kind of really perked up our ears about hey we gotta stay diligent on this right now so that's yeah. everything that's going on in a nutshell with my life yeah well hopefully i'll send them my best wishes that they get have a speedy recovery over that uh i know what uh, uh someone someone had me and you both know uh, uh just posted today on twitter that that they've been diagnosed with covid even and they haven't even left the house in a few weeks i was, I was like wow that's that's insane yeah that's uh when i heard about that it's crazy and i mean honestly for me you know and one of the biggest things is that the reason why the winter is worse is because naturally we as we get older we start developing just regular to re, uh, relative illnesses, whether it's sinuses, allergies, cold weather, like, you know, we're susceptible to get like a normal cold or flu. Yeah. And so sometimes for people, especially because we don't know how bad this current situation, not that people are, you know, tuning in to listen to us talk about this and don't please, you know, at the end of the day, listen to health experts. But I think what it is is people, they get a sniffle and they're like, oh, I don't, there's no way I have, you know, covid or something like this i'm fine and they start going out whether it's to pick up food or go to you know groceries things like that and you know you don't realize that you may be contagious even whether you have something just like a sniffle or a cough you know you think it may be the common cold or common flu or it's your allergies and or you may even be asymptomatic and then you don't realize and you know that's what it was is that my cousin got it from work you know he works at a grocery store 
Han Solo's like, you know, that's how he ended up getting it. And it's just, you never know. So that's one of the things like for me, you know, I always go to the grocery store back home, you know, wash my hands like 30 times a day, you know, use hand sanitizer because especially as I'm getting older, my parents are getting older, my aunt and uncles are getting older. It's just can't afford, you know, for anybody to get sick because unfortunately uh, all of them suffer from pre-existing conditions, whether it's obesity, diabetes, um, you know, my aunt is a cancer survivor. So that those are all, you know, big issues. And as I told other individuals on, on one of these podcasts or they see me online, I had developed uh, symptoms. I got real sick back in February after Super Bowl. I had went to Vegas and came back and I didn't work for pretty much a period of 16 days over the course of three weeks. And this was before there was even a test for COVID. They asked you two questions. If you were died, if you went to China or if you interacted with somebody that went to China, that was it. Um, and I, I lost the ability to essentially breathe. I mean, after literally two minutes of walking my dog, I felt like I lost all the, you know, all my energy. I felt like I couldn't breathe properly. Uh, the worst days I felt like, it was the worst illness I ever had in my life. I, I mean, I was in bed in, in the fetal position. It was so miserable. And I had like three doctor's appointments and they put me on uh, Z-packs and steroids and inhalers and um, a nebulizer. And to this day, I still have breathing issues. And I tell people all the time, I said, there's no way to know now because it's been so long if it was COVID or not. But those symptoms are exactly the same the symptoms, and that's what it sounds like to what people have with COVID. Is I tell people all the time, this is not a game. I said this, this sucks because it's not just getting sick, but it's lingering conditions I continue to deal with to this day, that I still deal with it with uh, issues with my lungs. And so, again, no one turned in, no nobody tuned in to listen to us talk about this. But uh, just, oh, man, guys, just please, please be careful out there because as it gets colder and, you know, people stay indoors, um, you know, it's it, the cases are surging. And just and I know we've said it before on our show and I've seen other shows I've been on. But, man, it is this is this is real life right now. This is serious business. And, you know, it's it's a big problem. And, you know, I know the vaccines are coming out this week. You know, locally in my hometown, um, we're getting some coming in on Monday or Tuesday. You know, not for everybody, but I think I heard between five or ten thousand. You know, was the first batch. Um, hopefully, you know, the vaccines you know work, they're effective, and we can you know get back to going to shows and movies and vacations in the next six to six months to a year. But until that time being, just please be diligent. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I'll tell you, whenever, uh, whenever this, whenever the vaccines prove to be, you know, 100% effective and, you know, we're finally out of this, I absolutely cannot wait to go to a concert or, or a wrestling show or something like, uh, like as soon as one of my favorite, if any of my bands, uh, that I enjoy listening to comes anywhere close, I, I'm going to be there because I cannot wait to get back to a concert. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, the big thing for, you know, I was fortunate enough to do one big weekend before everything shut down. I mean, the weekend before uh, my wife's birthday's weekend, uh, the first weekend of March. So we had went to Vegas. We saw Bruno Mars. We saw a UFC fight and they were talking about COVID. But it was just like, oh, that, 
that's overseas. That's not, a, you know, when you were hearing things about like Japan was shutting down and Europe was shutting down. That's like, ah, oh, that's overseas. I mean, and within the, I mean, we went home on Monday the 9th. That following Sunday, which was the 15th of March, was the last day that Vegas was open for about two months. They shut down that Sunday, literally a week, less than, you know, six days later. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough, but, you know, we had lost, you know, we had a big vacation plan to go to Scotland and Ireland. And, you know, we were, you know, knock on hardwood, we were fortunate and got our all of our full refund back on hotels. I mean, it was like, it was like an $8,000 trip. It was me, my, me, my wife, my mother, we were going for two weeks to Scotland and Ireland. So, so once, once everything happens, we're going to book that trip and go back to Ireland and Scotland, you know, and I told my wife, I said, you know, right after that, because we have this money already put away, we can already start working on a trip to go to uh, Japan. That's the one we really want to go to is Japan. Yeah, uh, J- Japan, uh, Japan and Ireland are definitely uh, are definitely two places that I've always wanted to go to. Uh, uh, but also, uh, the, the the main place, uh, uh, the main place overseas that I really want to take a visit to is the UK. That's like my number one uh, place. I've I've always wanted to visit the UK, but I would love to go to Japan and Ireland. So, uh. It, so as soon as you get to go, you you have to send me some pictures. That sounds like a great trip. Yeah, we went to um in 2018. Actually, it was exactly two years ago. Today, we landed in Dublin, uh, Ireland, and we were there for a week. We went to Ireland, and then we also went to um to Belfast, Northern Ireland. And it was amazing. It was Christmas time. It was, it's such an amazing city, Dublin and Belfast as well. The food was great. The people are great. The pubs are amazing. The sights and sounds are amazing. The culture, there's so much to do. I mean, they had Christmas villages. It was just one of the most amazing things I've ever had a chance to do. I mean, it literally, it beat any single trip I've ever been to in my life. You know, I've been to New York, I've been to New Orleans, Vegas, I've been to tons of wrestling events. I mean, but nothing beat that trip, you know, and I just, oh, I can't wait to go back. I mean, that is just an amazing, an amazing uh, country, Ireland. So uh, I definitely look forward to going back. And then also Japan has just been on my bucket list for the last two years. So hopefully get that one as well. Yeah, I hope I hope you get to go to Japan. That's that sounds like a fun uh fun time. I've uh I've had uh, two friends who went on a like a two week trip over over to Japan, and they just told me about how awesome it was over there and all the fun they had. So it's definitely a place I uh, I want to put on a list and try and visit uh, uh, uh sometime when I can. But uh well, see enough uh, about all the fun things that me and you want to do. Uh, everybody's here to listen to horror stuff before us. Uh, before we get into it, uh, and uh, we have a couple of news things. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have as many news as I would like because I would like to delay this review as much as possible. <laughs> I'm sure you would too because uh, I know uh, we've locked up here recently and we've had some pretty good movies that we've reviewed and, and pretty much enjoyed. Uh, but unfortunately, we didn't look up this time and. I'll be honest, this movie was total shit. 
Got you know. So let's. So the audience kind of knows you and I. Uh, we sat back about six to eight weeks ago, and we're like, "Oh, let's set out the schedule for November, December." And we we're just like, "All right," and we give our December schedule. And it's like it's Christmas time. Got to do you know some sort of Christmas horror movie. It's just like why not Black Christmas? Yeah. And you know one of the things is. For you and I, and and I, I didn't get a chance to tell you this before, but what we talked about today, it's just I really didn't want to. I feel like if we went through all of like the amazing you know hits in our first year, a year and a half, that when we start you know for us you know looking long term to years two three, you know we however long we get we have the the privilege of doing this podcast, we're not going to be having a lot of you know greatest hits. We're going to be having a bunch of misses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, well, let's do Black Christmas, but let's not do the original. Let's do one of the remakes, you know, whether 2006 or 2019. And, uh, you know, you and I had talked about, you know, and you had told me that like, 2019 is bad. And I hadn't seen 2019. And I was like, okay, well, I know in 2006 there was a few actresses in there that I was, you know, that I've enjoyed the other work. I said, let's do 2006. And I hadn't seen it. And I, I waited till today because I wanted to wait till today. Uh, to have it fresh in my mind and in the first 30 minutes I was like this is one of the most fucking awful movies I've ever seen in my life I don't think I've seen a worse horror movie than this one Um, I have no idea what the directors or producers the writers the studios were thinking when they released this film and it would make even worse was you know, one of the stars in there that you and I have enjoyed their other work, I was like, man, if, if I saw this work before I was going to book him or, I mean, to sign him to be a, an actress in a, in a in a show or another movie, I'd have been like, oh, hell no, that was not going to happen. Um, but yeah, this is, this is one where, you know, you and I, especially I always say, you know, please watch the other film before going through a review, because that way our review, you know, compliments it. I fully support you not watching this film, and hopefully the review that we do will explain to you why this this film is horrible, and we're going to save you 93 minutes of your life so you don't have to watch the 2006 Black Christmas. Yeah, we really, uh, if, if, if you haven't seen this one, I definitely don't recommend checking it out i just recommend sticking to the original but he took the pleasure the well the displeasure of watching it for you and so and we'll get to that review here shortly but uh first we'll get some a uh, couple of news things uh right, so the first bit of news uh i don't know if you saw jr about at the game awards that was that happened on i think uh last thursday uh they announced Evil Dead the video game, and the, they showed a trailer for it, and it looks it looks really it looks really good, and Bruce Campbell is coming back in it and as, as Ash, and on top of that they have other characters from different uh, Evil Dead series uh, movies as uh, characters coming in playing themselves, and then uh, I even saw some like familiar <laughs> settings. And so, and then there's even some people from the Ash versus Evil Dead TV series coming in. So, uh, that's something to look forward to next year for anybody who likes horror video games, the Evil Dead video game. 
Yeah, you know, um, I am not a gamer. I I'm very horrible at video games. The only games that I played, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, I play Madden football, uh, wrestling, and MMA. I haven't played MMA in a while because the MMA games have been horrible by EA Sports, in my opinion. And recently, the wrestling video games for WWE have been horrible. So I've only been playing Madden football. Uh, however, I am a, as much as I love, and everybody knows how much I love Michael Myers at Halloween, I really enjoy Bruce Campbell as Ash from the Evil Dead series. Um, the first one I actually saw was, again, as my ass backwards entrance into horror, honestly, it was Army of Darkness before I saw Evil Dead 1 and 2. And uh, I just love, I, I just love his slapstick humor, his wit is, you know, he's so witty and funny and, you know, Every time he goes groovy or, you know, hell to the king, baby, um, or give me some sugar, I just think it's hilarious. So when they made the Ash vs. Evil Dead series, I thought that was one of the best things ever. And that's actually a game I would pick up and want to play because I think it would, you know, especially if it brings in, you know, elements from all from the whole franchise, I think I, it would be amazing. And actually, uh, I, me and my brother played uh, Evil Dead fistful of boomstick on playstation 2 i believe it was an earlier incarnation i think that's what it was that's the title was a fistful of boomstick and so we i do we do have or i do have some experience playing with the characters and like i said it's god he's just uh to me he's he's one of my like folk heroes is bruce campbell and ash he's just i just think he's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Campbell—he just kicks ass as Ash. He's—he's he's a freaking horror icon. I—I uh, I can't wait to play it. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that. It'll definitely be one I pick up as soon as it comes out. Uh, with that, uh, next bit of news we have. Uh, so uh i don't know if you've ever watched it uh I, i'm on like season three right now and here this this month the last season season four of netflix is the children the the children uh, cut uh, my bad uh the chilling the chilling adventures of sabrina uh, comes out and uh it's the final season well uh netflix released a trailer for it and in the trailer there's a bit of a surprise. The original two ants from the the Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, TV series is going to be in this series as the ants and kind of like a, a bit like a like an alternate basically basically like an alternate universe like a top deal. So uh, uh, if you're fans of uh, Sabrina, uh, uh, I, I used to really like the uh, chill up the the Sabrina the Teenage Witch series. I watched it as uh, watched it growing up, and I, I actually really like the children, the Chilling Adventures. Children, I keep saying children, damn it. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, seeing seeing them return. Yeah, you know, uh, as a kid, uh, every Friday we on ABC it was called uh, TJF Friday, and they used to have uh, shows and. Two of the shows was Family Matters and Boy Meets World and Step by Step, but there was also 
for a period of time was another show, and it was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and it starred Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina, and then her sisters, uh, excuse me, her aunts, one was uh, Hilda Spellman, was played by Caroline Ray, I think I said that correctly, and then Zelda Spellman was played by Beth Broderick, and those are the aunts that you're talking about, and also we can't also shout out to Nick McKay, who played the voice of Salem, and that was, you know, especially more so the first, until she graduated high school, those are the episodes I really enjoyed. When she went to college, I, I lost interest in it as a kid, but those were uh, amazing. I haven't really got into the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I, it's just because it was different than what I watched as a kid. I did see a few episodes uh, when the first season came out. Uh, I definitely want to give it another shot now. Hopefully, especially, you know, with the next six months, I'm going to have a lot of downtime. So I definitely would give that an opportunity. But that's cool. You know, anything that's nostalgia, I'm a sucker for. I Oh, my God. You know, it's actually funny because I feel like there you're starting to see a lot of others. You know, somebody, you know, says like, oh, my God, they're remaking or redoing iCarly. And I was just like, why does it seem that... No matter how we try to move on from it, like in an entertainment, we always go back to the beginning. It's like, oh, let's remake these shows or let's do a, let's do um, you know, like Say by the Bell or all this stuff. We always keep going back, but it's because as kids, in my opinion, as kids, you know, when I was, you know, whether it's kindergarten through eighth grade, that's you know what we enjoyed watching as kids. And now as adults, it reminds us of being the kids, and since we have you know, income to do streaming services or whatever. It's like, oh, you know, I'll definitely watch that because it's going to be reminiscent of when I was a child. doesn't matter if I'm 30 years old. I'll go back and watch it. So I think it's kind of cool that you see all this, you know, these type of, you know, remakes, uh, reimaginations, uh, whatever, whatever it is, because it reminds me of being a kid again. And so that's why when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's cool. I definitely have to check that out with uh, Sabrina. Yeah, uh, and uh, that leads us to a nice segue into our next uh, bit of tag, uh, bit of news. Uh, the uh, so Showtime is re- rebooting uh, True Blood, and uh, the the, ori- the the original uh, the the original person who wrote the first uh, five of the seven seasons, he's coming back on it as a showrunner. And it hey looks like it has a nice uh, nice lineup. Uh, I don't I haven't seen any cast members announced, but but uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched uh, True Blood. Uh, I, I, I watched it uh, a couple years back, and uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, but it's it's weird that they're rebooting it, especially when it was a show to, and like especially that the same network is rebooting it. I thought that was kind of odd. But uh, if it looks good, I'll probably check it out. Okay, so I have to tell the story. I I didn't get into True Blood. It just wasn't just something that the style wasn't for me. Uh, I don't know what it was. It just it didn't fit my what I would enjoy. My wife loved True Blood because she loves vampires. What she's watching an episode, and I just happened to walk in, and I have no idea who the characters are, but there were two guys, and they were having sex with each other. I was like, "Oh, this is graphic! These guys are having these two guys are having sex with each other." 
and all of a sudden they they stop and they're talking and this guy just shoves with like a giant ass sword in the guy's stomach i was like what the fuck he was just having sex with them and he just now killed them and I was like, this is like the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and I was like freaking out. I was like, how do you just have sex with somebody and you just like kill him? And my wife was telling me like, I guess it was like this giant revenge plot because he killed somebody of the other guy and he didn't know it or it was something weird. But that was that was like my really my one only time I ever saw True Blood was this weird. That's my wife. I said, I don't know if I could watch this. That's just. That's insane. I was like, I don't know how, you know, you have this situation where these two people are having sex, and then literally after having sex, 30 seconds later, the guy just shoves a, a stake or I think it was like a sword or like it was a giant sword up the, right through the guy's stomach. And I was like, that is insane to me. I don't know. It was, it was just too crazy for me. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, the, the, there's some pretty insane stuff in that show, but uh I but my wife popped though. She, she popped yeah. for when I, I sent her the DM. I was like, "Hey, they were kind of true, but she she couldn't believe it. She was a big fan of Sookie." Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh uh oh, one of my ex girlfriends uh, uh she she was watching it and uh I she turned it on and I, I was laying in the bed with her and I, I saw and she had it on and so I was watching it with her and I just kind of really started really liking it and just got hooked and we pretty much just watched that every night and i ended up uh, binge watching the whole se- the whole series but uh it's odd that it, it's just odd that like the same network is rebooting it and everything because it, it hadn't been it, it's been a while since it went off the air but it, not like I don't think it's been long enough to like be considered ready for a reboot but uh it, it was one of the it was one of the, the, the hit shows well shit you know I have I've completely fucked up uh it's not Showtime it, it's HBO I was gonna say that right now I was like yeah it's uh yeah. HBO so, well yeah. the one thing that we yeah, about, I don't know we may have said this few, but Showtime is they're doing their own reboot with Dexter yeah yeah it yeah I talked about that before so like yeah so all these i mean like i said as we get older and shows that i mean like so that was a show my wife watched um you know pretty much through college you know true blood and you know same with dexter we watched when we were in college and now that we are you know more successful it's just like hey we gotta get hbo because we gotta see true blood now and so it's just i that's that's my thing is that especially if you really look i mean we talked about this um you know multiple times before in in general television ratings are going down so people are like what can we do to like you know increase ratings it's like go back to what's popular even though these shows have over but they still are going to have a following people are still going to pop you know another one was like roseanne like roseanne was off the air for so long and it's just like oh let's bring it back because people are going to love it and what's what's old is now new and even though that show was only been up there for, you know, True Blood for six years, like, you know, that's not, doesn't seem long enough to do a, a reboot or remake or whatever, or, or, you know, let's do a season eight. But at the same time, you know, it's just like, I don't know what HBO has that's successful right now. So if they're like, well, we need to figure something out. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they also be like, well, let's 
you know, could we do like a spinoff of The Sopranos? You know, because The Sopranos was such a successful show. Could we do something like that? You know, who knows? Obviously, that wouldn't be possible because James Gandolfini uh, passed away, uh, so they would have to do a complete spinoff. But yeah, so like I said, I just I just see that you know old what's old is new, and they need to make money, and you know ratings are down with newer shows that just it's hard to get a following, and people and people like to stick to what they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've noticed that trend, especially in the film industry. It seems like it seems like we just keep getting remakes of horror movies or. And or like or even in other genres, we just keep getting remakes of old films. It's like we can't get anything new. It, it, it's like people are just out of ideas, so they just keep remaking old stuff. But I'm hoping maybe we'll, we'll you know what someone said. That. Yeah, go ahead. Somebody said instead of remaking successful movies, so like for example, let's say like you know Nightmare on Elm Street. Instead of remaking Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. You know, why don't we make sh- let's remake shitty movies and shitty shows and make us figure out what we went what went wrong and make them better. Yeah, that's a good idea. And so, so I somebody posted that and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, you know, I look at a lot of sh- a lot of movies. It was like, man, this had where did they went wrong or what could we've done to make this better? And you know, it's just yeah, obviously that you know, I'm sure they're looking at why would we take a losing. Um, for, uh, I'll give you an example of just off the top of my head was like the um, the movie Battleship. I was like, this was based on the board game. It's just yeah. Like, why did this movie do so bad? And it's just like the concept was there. It's like, well, you want to just you know redo something like that. And I know that's a very poor example because I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. But well, hell, here's one that they've done twice. It might as well go. Third time's a charm. We're gonna recover Black Christmas. They did a 2006 remake and they did a 2019 remake. Remake and they both suck. So let's shoot for 2024. 2024. Let's do an actual good Black Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they should just hang Black Christmas up. We'll just stick to the original. Uh, the last bit of news and uh, the one I'm most excited about. Uh, here recently during the uh, Disney had like a had like a Disney and uh, Disney investor uh, a presentation and they showed off like all the uh, all kinds of different stuff they have planned for the coming years that, and that that they have planned coming to for Disney Plus and stuff like that and uh, they announced well it's already been announced uh, it was announced a while back ago but they pretty much like officially confirmed it and said that it's coming to Disney plus and it's being made now. Uh, Hocus Pocus two is being made and it's going to be on the Disney plus. And I'm super excited about that. I'm a massive fan of Hocus Pocus. It's like one of my favorite Halloween movies. Uh, and, uh, when, uh, unfortunately they haven't announced any, any cast yet. I'm hoping they're going to get the original Sanderson sisters back, but uh, so far they announced anything. They have expressed, they've all three expressed uh, interest multiple times over the years in wanting to do a sequel. And, and apparently this is going to be a sequel. It's not going to be a reboot or remake because they're marketing it as a sequel to the, uh, to the original. So I'm pretty excited about that. First, you are completely underselling what Disney did on investor day. Disney was like, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, 
this is Disney's response to uh, Warner Brothers deal with HBO Max. They're like, oh, you're going to sign this deal with HBO Max? And they're like, all right, let's drop every fucking bomb we have. And they released one of the... It was... I mean, I, I hate cursing, but it was fucking insane what Disney dropped. J- Disney dropped everything. They were like, just fire away, you know, empty empty the magazines, like, you know, we don't, you know, every single bullet we have in the chamber, we want everyone gone. It was ridiculous. I mean, they were, you know, from all the Marvel, the Marvel movies, the Marvel TV shows, the, the Star Wars TV shows, the, we got Mighty Ducks. They're going to do a Mighty Ducks series. Um, There, you know, there was Moana, there was Princess Tiana, there was, like, uh, Oh my, if you go look up the Disney investors, there was easily, I think, 30 to 40 projects they announced, it seemed like. I mean, I think Star Wars alone had a dozen. I mean, it was insane uh, what Disney did this week on their investors, their investor day. Uh, and there was, you know, we get Buzz Lightyear, they're coming with the Buzz Lightyear movie that uh, stars uh, Captain America as the voice. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but yeah, it was that was a crazy day. Uh, I can't believe what they everything they dropped and there was so much that dropped things that you know I I didn't even see Hocus Pocus drop. I mean I didn't even know Cap the Mighty Ducks thing dropped until like seven hours later because of all the Star Wars and the Buzz Lightyear and the Moana talk. I mean Moana like there was again I'm just speechless at how much that was dropped. Yeah, uh, it have. Like, I didn't mean to like undersell it. That that was just that was the the bit of news uh uh I, I was wanting to talk about and cover. But but yeah, Disney just dropped a freaking a ton of amazing stuff coming up, and I'm looking forward to every almost every bit of it. <laughs> I mean we're I mean we're a horror podcast, and I mean and you know we we don't do entertainment, but just I mean just fucking. Cr- just man, like literally, please, if you're listening, you know, place pause, look up Disney Investor Days. I think just, just the animation portion. I think there was like, the just the Disney side, the animation of the Disney movies side. I think they announced like 20 projects. Then you add in the Marvel projects and then the Star Wars projects. I think that's another 20 plus. It was just insane, and um. And some of the stuff we already kind of knew about, you know, like the, some of the Marvel ones, but not all of it. And yeah, there are. I I was jokingly said I said Disney runs entertainment. Like if Disney wanted to, Disney would be like, they would bought out like the XFL and be like, oh guess what X guess what NFL uh we're gonna compete against you in five years the NFL would go out of business. Like Disney is the biggest entertainment empire I think there is. Like they could own the, they can own everything if they chose to. It's just it's a lot. Like it's, that was just a whole of a lot. And I ended up that because I can keep because I I just I'm stuttering because I just can't believe everything uh, they did. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty scary, honestly. Like how huge Disney is and how much they have their hand in entertainment. You know what? Like, we'll, we'll leave it at this. If you go look at what uh, Sony did with Spider-Man, 
Then go look at what Sony, the, what's what happened with Marvel got involved with working with Sony, and now look at what, you know, now that basically they own Spider Man now, go look at everything they're doing with the next Spider Man coming out. It is insane. Like I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's like the money that they can throw into it, their influence that they have, but yeah, they um. And like I said, just leave it at that. Go look at Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Go look at the one with Andrew Garfield. Then look at what happened once they got involved with Marvel. And now that I'm like 99.8% positive, Marvel fully owns uh, Spider-Man again. And go look at what they did. Um, I mean, you think of this, you think of this, um, Kyle, Disney, you know, Disney and Marvel, you know, they were like, well... Marvel was like, you know, they, because of financial issues, they lost everything. They lost uh, most of the big projects like X-Men and Fantastic Four and things like that. Marvel started doing the Avengers, you know, Iron Man, stuff like that. And within 12 years, Disney now owns all of it. They own all the Marvel projects again, That, to my knowledge. They own, you know, X-Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, all the Avengers stuff. They own it all back. That's like, you know, that's what they did in 12 years. Imagine they got into horror. It was just, you know, imagine they were like, hey, guess what? We want to get into horror. We would get every single crossover possible. We would get Michael Myers versus Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I mean, yeah. It would... Yeah. It'd be, uh, it'd be something. Uh, but yeah, just uh, in, the, in, that, in that note on the news, uh, if you're uh, if you don't have a Disney Plus subscription, you need to get one. And it's affordable, eight bucks a month. And then if yep. you get the you get the yearly, I mean, you pay out once, but I think it's sixty bucks for the year, which comes up to five bucks a month. Yeah. But yeah. Insane deal. But yeah, uh, so so that's all the news, and uh, so now we're gonna unfortunately get into the review of this. Awful, awful, awful movie. Uh, like I said before, we're talking about 2006's Black Christmas. Fifteen years ago, on Christmas Eve, his family became his victims. What have you done? A group of college friends. That sucks. Everyone should be home for Christmas. Are about to discover. Lauren, we're opening up presents. Why don't you open the present we got you? Their house. I got it. Is his home. All is calm. All is bright. Who is in my house tonight? Don't you have lots of toys to deliver to good little boys and girls? You really shouldn't provoke somebody like and on December 25th... You're definitely getting punked. Is that Santa's reindeer? All he wants for Christmas... Is Megan in her room? Is a new family he can treat... Like his very own...
So Black Christmas 2006 was directed by Glenn Morgan, produced by uh, Marty Adelson, Don Perus, Steve Hoban, James James Wong, and Glenn Morgan. The screenplay was by Green, uh, by Glenn Morgan. It uh, released on Christmas Day uh, 2006 in the U.S. and December 15th in the U.K. It's, uh, it runs at 84 minutes, unfortunately. Uh, and it had a budget of $9 million, and it made $21.5 million in the box office. I, I don't so like even though like we talked about how awful it is, it, it doubled its its budget. So so probably to them. But uh, I'll let Jr. get to it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I always like to do the numbers and run for inflation because this movie is uh, fourteen uh, fourteen years old. So nine million in two thousand six is around eleven million today. Twenty one million in two thousand six is around twenty seven million. So for eleven million dollars in twenty twenty money, they made twenty seven million. I mean, that's you know that's a pretty good haul, you know, size haul for a you know anybody because anything that's a profit is worth money. But I'm going to you know lead this um, black film to the best of my ability, and I promise I will not uh, drag it on as much as I can, but we'll definitely do as much justice as we can um, for the film. So the film starts off with a woman who we come to know as Claire. She's writing a letter to a woman named uh, Leigh, who we come to find out later is her sister. And as she's writing with this calligraphy pen, all of a sudden we look down and there's somebody underneath her bed. And as she reaches for the pen, all of a sudden... um, Somebody puts a bag over her head and stabs her in the eye with the calligraphy pen. And then all of a sudden, as one of our favorite people, James A. Janice from Dead Meets, will say, then we get title card. And- yes. And uh, and uh, the uh, the eye thing, uh, that comes up a lot in this movie. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> I mean, this movie has an obsession with with eyeballs and it's for me it's the weirdest thing because it makes no sense for there being obsession of eyeballs i mean this movie was more obsessed with eyeballs than the movie another god-awful movie see no evil see no evil with that was made by wwe films with wwe superstar kane that was actually meant to be obsessed with eyeballs this movie has more of that than that movie and so I couldn't believe how much the obsession of eyeballs was in this film. After the title card, we get to um, basically an insane asylum, the criminally insane, and we see a, um, basically a Santa Claus accidentally go looking for a children's ward and ends up in the insane asylum and ends up seeing, we find out, William Lentz, we come to find out this person was a murderer that killed his family some years ago. And basically what happens is William tricks the security guard to let him know that he escaped. And as security guard enters into his, uh, into his room, 
William sneaks up from behind him and stabs him with a candy cane because for Christmas dinner, essentially, they gave all the inmates candy cane and cookies. Um, and from there, we see uh, William basically walks out of his uh, his cell. And we're gonna one of the things about this film that I really really hate is we see kind of a lot of back and forth between current time flashbacks and other things that we don't see. Um, so what happens is we get back to what we find out is the house that is the and I have the Delta Alpha Kappa house at Clemson University, not affiliated with the actual Clemson University that is in the Southeast for the you know number one uh, top-ranked football team. And I don't, I'm highly positive Delta Alpha Kappa is not a real sorority. Um, I don't think that they would use a real sorority because of trademark issues. Uh, that's neither here nor there, but I definitely wanted to say that. From there, um, they're already open presents. And we see one of the main characters who we come to find out as uh, Kelly Presley, who's played by Katie Cassidy. Katie Cassidy is known for roles in Supernatural. She was in the 19, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, as well as uh, Arrow, the TV show Arrow. And they're knocking on the door for to see uh, for one of her roommates, and it's Megan. And we find out that Megan's seen a video of her having relations with the boyfriend of Kelly who recorded them and we don't know if it's blackmailing or whatnot. And all of a sudden Megan starts investigating a noise and she goes up into the attic and gets killed and her eyeball ripped out. Eyeball number two. From there we see the, we go back to the insane asylum and Santa Claus is given a candy cane by a, uh, a lady who's flirting with him. And from behind them, we see Billy um, who's escaped basically smashes I'm assuming smashes his head or kills Santa Claus and then puts on his clothes and walks out of the insane asylum and from there we end up going back to the back to the Delta Alpha Kappa sorority house and they're waiting to try to open up presents and all the everybody's sitting around they're talking about billy who billy used to live in this house and then we're told the story that uh billy didn't kill uh didn't attack the house that he lived in the house he was born in that house he was born with jaundice um a horrible condition and his mother basically disowned him and treated him badly and his father you know basically protected billy yeah, it makes his uh, it makes his skin yellow, like yes. just, it, like it, it, they use some really bad lighting in that flashback because you like see like this like bluish light and then you just see this yellow baby. And then we um, what ends up happening is we go back um, after Billy's born and some years later his dad gives him a present. Well, then Billy's mom and her the uh, gentleman that she's having an affair with. They kill Billy's father, and they're trying to bury him underneath the house. Well, Billy ends up escaping through the sees. Um, he hears noises. He goes through uh, the walls, and he sees his mom and 
the guy that she's having an affair with burying um, Billy's dad, and Billy's mom locks him in the attic for the rest of his life. We go back to present time, and everybody's opening up presents, and one of the characters gives um, another sorority sister a unicorn, and this sorority sister I gave her the unicorn looks a little suspicious, and I think this is done intentionally to throw off Trump because uh, she may somehow be related to Billy. Well, from there, we go back to another flashback, this time to 1982. Billy at the time is about 12 years old, and we see that Billy's mom is trying to have relations with um, her new husband, um, and it's not working. And all of a sudden, the mom gets mad and goes into the attic. And in one of the most disturbing scenes I've ever seen in my life, this robe is in front of Billy. And then we get moved nine months later, we see a baby born. Fucking so yikes. At this. Yes. This movie is, at this point, I was like, fuck this movie. I'm ready to turn it off. Yeah. I was like, and, what the fuck? <laughs> So now we have a killer who's obsessed with eyeballs, killing sorority girls. We have um, a we have incest, inbreeding, an inbred child. Um, these flashbacks are pissing me off. They keep going back from present time to past time and vice versa. And I'm I feel like I'm already losing track because I, I go through these notes because all these damn flashbacks. I this is one of the things I, I seriously hate is I hate flashbacks. Like I mean it's one thing for like one or two flashbacks, but when when it's done continuously, and, and I'll give you an example, you know, everybody loves Godfather Part Two. They think it's like better than the first one. In my opinion, it's a great film. It's not as good as the first one. And the reason why is because I keep I hate the flashbacks and coming back and forth between past and present time. It's just sometimes it gets too confusing, especially when you're reviewing a film. Yeah, if I'm, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there are 40-ish minutes of flashbacks in this movie. So after the story is being told, uh, uh, Billy, we all send to hear noises, and we see Kelly's boyfriend, um, Kyle, is inside Megan's room, and again, as we said earlier, he was he videotaped himself having relations with Megan, who was having an affair with Megan, and it looks like he was trying to either delete or try to get hold of Megan, and didn't, and they go into Megan's room, they see the boyfriend, and they're saying, like, Megan wasn't in there. Basically, story sisters are missing because they're being killed off. We then fast track back to another flashback to 1991, and this time, um, I believe her name is Agnes, who was the sister slash daughter of Billy opening up a doll and basically this is the only child that Billy's mom uh, claims as her own. Um, she disowns Billy and again this is Agnes, the sister slash daughter of Billy and all of a sudden um, the mom gets a phone call she hears she hears basically Billy and they go into the attic and see what happened to Billy and all of a sudden they hear a scream and they come back downstairs and they see Billy attacking his, his sister slash daughter Agnes and takes out her eye and then he eats the eye 
and then uh, Billy's um, stepfather, or I don't even know if they're married, but basically the the guy that the mom was having an affair with that killed the dad rushes Billy. Billy stabs him in the eye, goes through the brain with some sort of ornament, and then uh, Billy's mom he Billy wraps around um, he wraps. Christmas lights around her neck, drags her, and then beats her to death with a um, a roller a, used to like roll out for like either cookies or tortillas, and be- beats her over the head with it. Then he takes a cookie cutter and he cuts angel angel shaped cookies out of her back of her skin, throws it onto a cookie sheet, and then throws it into the oven. What the fuck? What? the fuck <laughs> i seriously feel like we should just be like and the movie just keeps getting worse and it just ended here but again we're not gonna do that uh we we end up finding out that um the cops are cops come in and they see billy's sister agnes in the corner um and they that she's hurt she gets sent to uh they the paramedic saver but she gets sent to basically an orphanage Billy, uh, the cops walk in, is seen eating these skin cookies and dipping them in milk. He gets sent to the insane asylum. Um, as we get back to present time, we see a new woman who's na- who we come to find out is Claire's sister, Lay, who was a former sorority sister at Delta Alpha Alpha, who says she's looking for her sister. And then they find a present that says to the story sisters from Billy, and it's the a doll that belonged to Billy's sister Agnes. Again, that's Billy's sister slash daughter. Um, there's a sorority sister who gets sick uh, because she overdrinks, and then they take her up to the room because she needs to, you know, go to the bathroom and basically regurgitate all of the alcohol she's been drinking. At the same time, uh, Kelly. Kelly sees a video of the affair that Nick, that Kyle's had with Megan, the other sorority sister, and they throw him out of the house. Um, we see that there's holes in the um, in the flooring of the bathroom, and we see an eyeball looking at the um, looking at the girl in the shower. They put her in the room. All of a sudden, the power goes out. So one of the sorority sisters and Lay go down to the uh to check the lights and they say well the breaker's out so what they do is the story sister goes to the bottom of the some of these older houses i can't know it's called it's it's called a crawl space that's like you know the houses are kind of on elevated so there's probably like a two or three foot you know crawl space where you can get to if you need like like electrical issues plumbing issues and I guess that's where the main breaker is. She goes underneath there, and then she's attacked by somebody, and she gets hit in the back of the head with a uh, a lawn instrument. I don't know. It's it's basically like a mini hand rake is what it looks like to me. Um, you know, my, this is what you would use if you're gardening to, you know, plant, you know, flowers or anything like that. So she's dead. And then um, I'm sure her eyeball is ripped out, too. And as we can't find anybody, the lights are not... Um, as we can't find anybody, the girls are like, well, we need to, you know, basically get out of here because the power's not out. And they go to a car, and all of a sudden, we, they open the, the door of the car, and we see a head come out. 
belonging to the sorority sister that was kind of sketchy, that was a little, as we say in Among Us, a little sus. Her eyeballs were taken out. So now everybody's freaking out because now we got dead by dead bodies and they can't get a hold of anybody and sorority sisters are missing. Yeah. Wait, and her, then, um, her eyeballs was taken out? Shocker. Yeah. So basically half the the three story sisters left don't want to leave because we have uh Lay, again, who's the, the alumni story sister and whose whose current sister is missing, doesn't want to leave her sister, um, who's her name was Claire. The Katie Cassidy's character Kelly doesn't want to leave. And I think Michelle Trackenberg, who was famous for Harriet the Spy, uh, she played a character named Melissa is missing at this point. So the person that we probably thought was one of the main characters, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Heather, her, and the den mother, they're going to get in the car and call for help, or they can't see out of the car because of um, because the ice. So the den mother goes out to... Um, the dead mother goes out to scrape off the ice, and all of a sudden she hears something in the car, and all of a sudden we see blood. So now Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, Heather's killed. The dead mother backs up, and all of a sudden an icicle falls from the roof and impels her in the head, so now she's dead. Dumbest doing my... fucking kill ever. Well, I was I don't know if it's the dumbest one, but I have seen the the one I think of is uh in see no evil where he shoves his cell phone down the girl's mouth oh, but it, yeah. this one's pretty bad but, yeah, well, but especially... it's also fucking stupid because it's like unintentional like he didn't kill her she just backed into a building and an icicle fell down you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like child's play three when the uh the principal or oh, the head person has oh, a heart yeah. attack and dies. Yeah. He has a heart attack and Chucky gets pissed about it. He's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, so um, well, what happens is that we end up seeing um, after this, we go back into the house and we and now I finally get a hold of Michelle Trackenberg's character, Melissa, gets attacked by um, somebody, tries to escape through a window, and this person throws ice skates at her and basically like cuts a giant hole into her head and kills her yeah i have uh, to give girl, it to him for that one i really like that kill um from there we see the girl who was drunk her name is lauren uh she wakes up from her drunken stupor and is attacked by somebody with a unicorn and um and her eyeball's taken out from that unicorn because it stabbed into her eye. I, oh my! Why is this not over yet? At this point, Kyle. Well, Kyle walks in on Leia and Kelly, and Leia thinks that Kyle may be the killer, but Kelly tells her to stop. Um, and she calls a phone that was belonging to a sorority sister's that's in the attic, and she thinks that Billy's the killer. So they go they go up into the attic and somebody attacks Kyle from behind and they always use bags. The killer is using bags and uh to cover them and it stabs them and then rips the eyeballs out. This is Kyle. So now Kyle's dead, and we come to find out the killer isn't Billy, it's his sister slash daughter, Agnes, who then eats Kyle's eyeballs out. Leia is then disturbed and screaming, and she ends up falling through the floorboards. 
and uh, Agnes turns on light and we see a Christmas tree that has a bunch of eyeballs hanging off of it and we see heads belonging to everybody and bodies belonging to everybody. Um, the first thing I saw Agnes, and I didn't realize it, Agnes looks like one looks like the one of the sisters um in white chicks <laughs> yeah oh shit i didn't even think about that that's i that's hilarious um you know in white chicks Mar- uh the wayne's brothers you know yeah. put on makeup to be the you know to be white chicks and i that's they looks like that's what they look this person looks like <laughs> um leia falls through the door and then uh excuse me leia falls through the ceiling and then um, Kelly tries to help her. Agnes attacks her. Then all of a sudden she's like, you know, you're not Billy. We're not your family. And then Billy ends up coming through one of the other sides and attacks them. They ended up able to escape. And then they uh, get out of the house. They set the house on fire. Then we get to the um, uh, the corner. The corner, uh, the, the dead bodies in there and the corners on the phone also hears a, no- a noise billy isn't dead agnes isn't dead we see um leia with kelly in kelly's room then all of a sudden uh, leia hears a noise she goes to check on it she comes back into the room and it's agnes and agnes snaps leia's neck so now the two girls we thought were gonna be the final girls. Obviously, that makes you know that's not gonna work because we can only have one final girl. Uh, now we're down to Kelly with the two killers in the hospital now, and so all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, you know, Kelly figures out something's wrong because she sees blood and basically like a uh, would be like a light fixture, and she gets up and turn and she sees something and hears noises. And she sees Agnes coming out, and so Ag she ends up turning on um, the defibrillator, and shocks Agnes in the head and kills her. Billy comes down from the floorboard, uh, or excuse me, from the roof of the room, and is uh, is stalking her, um, attacks her, stabs her in the back with a scalpel, and uh, Kelly ends up was able to fend fend him off, and throws him off of a balcony. And then he falls through a Christmas tree with all of his insides uh, basically showing after he falls and held through the stomach. And Billy's yeah. dead, and that's the end of the movie. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't fall and the tree got through his eye. I seriously, when I saw it, I thought he was going to get impelled and like it was going to be his head and his eyeball was going to be dangling off. I didn't think it was right. going to be through his stomach. Um. W- 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 what the fuck was up with the uh, obsession? I don't understand. I, <laughs> I I go through this film. I saw this film. I saw the dead me with James A. Denise did about this film. Uh, yeah. He gave the best kill to Michelle Strackenberg's character, Ice Skates. Yeah. Lamest kill for uh, to the broken neck. Yeah. Uh, well, I would agree. It was very anticlimactic. Well, especially because they get through this whole situation, you know, the character of uh, and actually, the, uh, I, I, I don't know how to say the name correctly. Leia or Lay. Uh, yeah. Her, her name's uh, Kristen Cloak. I think I said that right. And yeah. she actually was in uh, the 2000 film Final Destination. Yeah. And um, I, th- this, 
I know I'm stuttering, and I want to put a quality content, and I hope our and I hope our listeners are enjoying us like rambling about how horrible this film is. But it is it's so bad. Like there's you know some people are like, oh that movie's so bad, it's so good. It's like no, this movie's so bad, it's so bad, it should never be watched again. It should be expunged. And to be <laughs> honest, you and I had a hard time trying to find to watch this film because the only the only area I was able to rent it from was Amazon Prime. I didn't yeah. on any other streaming service. And I was like, yes, this film should be banned from life for, you know, every streaming <laughs> services. No distributor. Uh, it was uh, distributed by Dimension Films uh, and MGM. It should never allow this to see the light of day again. I, It's, it's yeah. bad. And um, you and I had, you know, you, I said, man, we should have saw 2019 black christmas and you're like no that's even worse and i was like i can't uh, imagine how 2019 is worse than this one it's pretty bad i think that they should have stuck to the original and never left it let's um but yeah uh i agree with you though man this, this movie is fucking terrible uh i i, I don't understand you're trying to i don't know if it's because you're trying to create like an intriguing horror film around christmas and I was like, you know, if that's the case, then maybe Christmas should be, excuse me, maybe Christmas should be left out of the horror genre. I'm I'm so frustrated over this film, and I blame myself for saying, yeah, it's Christmas. Let's watch a Christmas horror film. It's a great idea. And it was the worst idea I think I've ever had in 2020. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, this movie's bad, but th- th- there's some really good Christmas horror films. So like, not all of them are bad, but man, this was just fucking terrible. Like, I don't understand the obsession and how like every time Billy would call on the phone, he would repeat the same line over and over and over. Like, literally, the only redeeming factor for this movie, uh, like, it had a lot of gory kills, which I liked. I love the ice skates uh, kill, and uh. As a fan of Katie Cassidy, I appreciate that she was the final girl. But other than that, man, this movie, and uh, also the uh, Den uh, a mother, she was from the original Black Christmas, so, so so that was cool. But other than that, this movie was absolute fucking garbage. And it, well, let's just get into the trivia, because there's nothing we're going to be able to say that's going to redeem this, and hopefully trivia gives some interesting tidbits. Because there is an interesting tidbit as far as the... Um, what inspired this film. The director, Glenn Morgan, said uh, he also directed another horrible film, uh, Willard, and he said that if if he directed another film that was that did horrible, he would never direct again. And true to his word, he never directed again. He directed, um, after 2006, 10 years later, he directed a few um, episodes of of the new seasons of X-Files and that's it. He directed three, three episodes. Well, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. So even he knows this is bad. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry, Glenn Morgan, but you, you did everybody a favor. You should never direct another film again because this, this was God awful. And thank you for recognizing that this wasn't your calling. Um, and you know, hopefully something else in the entertainment um, industry works. But you being the head man ain't one of them. Um, and that's okay because, you know, everybody has a calling in life. And 
Direction just wasn't yours, man. That's that's interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't see that. That's uh, that's that's great. It's hilarious that he made a bad movie and then made this and never directed again. I think he was he was given this opportunity after being the assistant director of uh, Final Destination Three, and that's the reason why Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead was brought in was because he worked with her in Final Destination 3. You know, she was one of the main girls. And that's the reason why I watched this. I was like, oh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I liked her in, uh, I even liked her in Sky High as a kid. I liked her in Final Destination 3. I liked her in um, one of the Die Hard movies she was in. I liked her in Scott Pilgrim as Ramona. Like, oh, there's other films I liked her in. It'd be fine. It'd work out. God, I, I'm just frustrated that, and again, I blame myself for picking this movie. Um, so that's, you know, do you have any, um, do you have any interesting tidbits? Uh, I do not. I, well, don't think I can. Uh, the only other thing probably was uh, I saw that uh, apparently in Japan, this is uh, this was marketed as a Final Destination movie. Yes, that's what I that's what I also read as well. Which, yeah. Um, maybe you know Japan was smart. Maybe they didn't want to associate this with Christmas. Yeah, that's true. The one thing that I found out as far as what inspired potentially inspired this film, and potentially even the original Black Christmas was a murderer by the name of Edmund Kemper. He was a serial killer, rapist, cannibal, and necrophilia who murdered ten people, including his paternal grandparents and his mother. Um. He was noted for being, uh, his name was also the co-ed killer because most of his victims were female college students. He essentially, um, he he had some early murders. He was in prison. Um, he, and then after he was uh, turned 21, he was, he claimed that he was rehabilitated and he was released from prison. So when he was younger, he that's what he, um, he killed his grandparents. Um, as well as his mother, I believe, when he was younger. So then he went to prison, um, and since he was, um, they denied, they diagnosed him as schizophrenic. He was sent to a state hospital in California, Tascaro State Hospital. Uh, at 21, they said that he was rehabilitated. He was actually known as a genius because he had an IQ of 145. And then he was released. Well, after he was released, then he started killing again, and he started killing hitchhikers um, up and down um, the state of California. Uh, people from the areas of Berkeley, looks like uh, Stanford, and I guess, and he ended up being caught, and eventually was put in prison. And he wanted, from what I read, and I could be wrong, he wanted to be put to death. Like he was like, "Yeah, just kill me." Um, at the time, the death penalty was, I believe, it was um, banned in California. I'm trying to remember my criminal justice history from when I was a student, but there was a period, I believe in the seventies and eighties where death penalty was not an option. It was, it was uh, suspended in California. So um, he could not be given the death penalty in the, that time, but he wanted the death penalty. That's what, that's how insane he was. Uh, He's like, just kill me. He's still alive. He's 71 years old right now. Um, He actually, his, his birthday is in six days from what I read online. Oh wow, this is so insane. he'll be seven. Yeah, he'll be seventy-two on December eighteenth. So yeah, like I said, his name is Edmund Edmund Kemper, and he was known as uh, he's currently in prison again, back in the maximum security psych ward. 
and he was known as a co-ed killer. So he was supposedly the inspiration behind the Black Christmas, um, Black, uh, Black Christmas films. Huh. And also from what I read was he's also inspiration for um, Buffalo Bill and the Signs of the Lambs. Oh wow, that's interesting. Uh, hmm. It's crazy that he uh, wanted the death penalty, and yeah, he's still alive today. That's oof. well, if I. Not, not we're against just real quick on that i believe if you were and this is like one of the reasons why um what's what's the the guy the the who did the sharon tate murder charles manson yeah so if you were if you were guilty and you were on death row when the death when the when capital punishment was suspended and you in the 70s you automatically got off death row so once you got off death row you couldn't get back on death row. And that's what I think in the seventies. And that's what happened was even though he wanted to be killed, they're like, you can't, you couldn't give it out as a punishment that, you know, the death sentence. And so even once it was reestablished, it's basically from my understanding is the equivalent of like double jeopardy. You can't send someone to life. And then once like the death penalty came back, it's like, Oh, we're going to give you the death penalty now. Yeah. That makes sense. But but he's he's a yeah. crazy. I mean, this it was a crazy guy, and uh, you know, like I said, he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. Um, and that's probably honest. That's if he was inspiration behind his film, that's probably why his film was so horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane, man. Uh, well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's get some final thoughts and review. I, my rating scale is going to be uh, Christmas ornaments. And I'm gonna give this uh, broken a broken Christmas ornament, which is the equivalent of no Christmas ornament, which is a big fat zero. It gets no Christmas ornaments. There's nothing redeeming in my eyes. I don't like any even the kills. I don't. I really don't like any of the kills. I mean, um, it and it completely ruins um, uh, Katie Cassidy and Mary Elizabeth Winstead for me. I wish I never saw this in this film. So yes, so we get one broken Christmas ornament, which is equals the equivalent of no Christmas ornament. Never watch this film, guys. I hopefully the um, the time you spent listening to us talk was uh, enough enough of a uh, punishment um, of of going over this film. Please don't watch this. I beg you. <laughs> oh God! But uh, so you heard Jr. Uh, I'm going to give it. Uh, one eyeball out of five, uh, just because, like I said, I, I like I think the kills some of the kills were gory and entertaining, and I like that Katie Cassidy was the final girl. But other than that, though, this movie is absolute garbage. It, the story is just awful. Flash flashbacks and flash forwards, confusing as hell, hard to keep up with. And it's just it's just terrible. But but if but as our friends. Uh, in Dead Santa Carla, always say, you know, it, 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 if you if you like this movie, th- 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 that's fine. We're not going to judge you. You like what you like. No, I will judge you. <laughs> I can speak for himself. If you like this movie, I want you to please hit us up on Trick or Treaters Pod Twitter and please explain to me why you like this movie. I really want to know because I let me put it this way. Our friends at Scream, at Scream Queens and our friends at Dennis and Clara know how much I despise Halloween 3. I hate Halloween 3. It is, to me, 
absolute garbage and should never be considered a Halloween film. I would rather watch that every single day it, uh, for lead, the leading up to Halloween, the week before Halloween, to be like, hey, Jar, we want to watch this film. And I, I'd rather see that than have to see this film again. <laughs> That's how much... This this film I can't explain to you like there I the storyline makes zero sense the necrophilia the incest the inbreeding the eyeballs nothing about this film has to me makes this film watchable and at least with you know at least with Halloween three there was you know crazy kills and you know we had the the Celtic witches and the you know and all that shit and i mean i'm again i'm just so frustrated that i had to sit through this film today guys and uh, so yeah uh, so if you if you listen to us and you like this film please hit us up on twitter and tell me in enough twitter words why you think this film is great because i would love to hear your point of view because as far as i'm concerned it is the worst horror film i've ever seen in my life <laughs> Well, 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 I know where JR stands with this, uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> whew. well, uh, we hope everybody has enjoyed, uh, this episode and, uh, hopefully you enjoyed our review. Tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about one of my time favorite movies, uh, just the, uh, Walt Disney classic, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm I'm extremely excited to talk about that. I'm a massive Nightmare Before Christmas fan, so I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to get in that. And who knows, we may even be bringing in a friend. We'll just have to find out. Thank God this week we're going to do Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a great it's a great film for all children. Uh, you know, the whole family to watch. It's a very it's a film that I always say it's great because. If you think about it, you can watch this film every single day between Halloween through Christmas because it covers the whole holiday season. Yep. And, uh, we, you know, we need to redeem ourselves. Be, be, oh, my God. Not to beat it around, but I was so frustrated. I literally, I didn't tell Kyle this. I was seriously considering saying, you know what? We're not going to record a show today because I didn't <laughs> think we could do – I didn't think our listener we – I didn't want to hurt our listeners. I really do hope and I hope our listeners enjoy you and I banter back and forth about how much we hate this film. Hope they enjoy me going uh, completely insane, crazy about how much I hate this film. You know, because that to me is the only way I can be able to feel like I could do our podcast justice. The and you know our our entire slashing cast network justice is by being as entertaining as I could be to make up for how horrible this film is. But yeah. It got to the point, guys, and, I'll, and it will end it at this, that I seriously was considering telling Kyle, and I, and he saw, and Kyle can attest to this because I sent him in a, in a text, like, maybe we should cover and watch along Home Alone, the Macaulay Culkin film, because I could sell that as a horror film better than I could sell this horror film. <laughs> oh, man. That's... So with that, I... Hope you guys are having a good holiday season. I, um, please, you know, listen as we redeem ourselves next week with Nightmare Before Christmas. That's an amazing, you know, film for everybody to watch. And I look forward to watching it. I, I actually, you know, I actually haven't seen it this holiday season. So 
This is going to be a, you know, a really treat for me. I love Jack Skeleton. I love, um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. What's the, the guy who gets Santa Claus? Um, help me, Kyle. Um, the, boog, uh, the Oogie Boogie. Um, Oogie Boogie, yeah. I, I love him. I love the whole song he does, with, you know, with the, the, the roulette wheel and the, the snake eyes. And I, I, it's, a, it's a great film. Um, and so I love Sally. So yeah, that's what's going to be an amazing film for us to do. So um, again, I hope you guys are you know staying safe, enjoying your holiday season, and uh, join us next week for a, uh, a complete 180 on the film spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ditto everything Jr. said, and uh, I have to close this out. Uh, just some last minute uh, last minute plugs. Uh, like I said, uh, we're part of the Slashcast Podcast Network, a wonderful network full of a lot of amazing people. Uh, some I'm very happy to call call some of my good friends, who all have uh, amazing shows. You should all check out if you, if you haven't already. Uh, I, uh, I enjoy listening to uh, every show in the network. Uh, I, it's it's hard to sometimes, but uh, uh, it's hard to fit them all in. And in, in, in each week, when I do my best, and uh, I highly recommend everyone else uh, check out every show on the network at, at least once. Uh, at least uh, at least at least once, listen to each each show, and who knows, you might find one that you might want to add to your daily uh, podcast list. But uh, yeah, check out the uh, Slash Chats Podcast Network. Uh, me and Carmen and our friend, uh, one of my good friends, or our good friend Kyle Davis. We recently started a new podcast where we're going to review the wrestling promotion TNA because I've never watched TNA uh, from the very beginning besides like, a couple of notable matches. So we're all going back and rewatching TNA from the beginning and we're reviewing it every, each week. And we just started that podcast. It's called Total Nonstop Analysis and we're going to re- uh, release shows every Tuesday. And uh, our first show drops this Tuesday. We should be on all the major platforms, but it, it'll take like a week or two for us to finally, uh, for us to finally all be on there. So just uh, bear with us and uh, uh, tune into our Twitter at uh, TN Analysis uh, for all updates on uh, our shows and, and links for shows that are available and where you can find them. No, I just want to echo what you said about the you know, su- supporting the other Slashing Cast members. And like I said, for me, it's very humbling that they they ask us to be a part of it because I I don't consider what I, I do myself as on the same level as everybody else. And to be given that honor, I could say at every single podcast um, that we do how great it is. And so I feel very fortunate to be considered on the same level as, you know, guys like Dennis Santa Clara and... Um, in the Scream Queens, and there's plenty others like the I I don't want to say the names because I'm mix it up, but there's I mean I think there's so many great ones out there that I had the opportunity to listen to, and I just feel uh, fortunate that we would get an opportunity, and we all do this for the love of it, and especially right now, you know, having our podcast that we do, watching horror films, even this bad horror film. It just really gives us that sense of sanity and you know purpose, and uh, I really am fortunate to be able to have you know friends like you, Kyle and uh, Maria, and our friends at Scream Queens, and 
that they say, hey, we get to share this passion and love for horror because it's um, it really re reinvigorated me in my love for horror, you know, this year in 2020 and especially the holiday season give those blessings. So again, everybody stay safe uh, and do the best you can to enjoy the holiday season, especially with your loved ones and cherish these moments um, because at the end of the day, um, we don't have any more Christmases and how many more New Year's we have with our loved ones. And uh, I know that, that's, that may seem a little more uh, a little morbid or anything like that, but, you know, I can personally, you know, my father is is over the age of, uh, he's going to be 66 next year. And somebody that you and I know, Kyle, in, from movies and wrestling, uh, Tiny Lister Jr., uh, who played Zeus and Noel's Bard, played Debo on Friday, passed away this week. And he was 62. And things like this put, you know, put things into perspective for me as I'm growing up. You know, as I'm going to be 33 next year. And just, I don't know how many more, you know, many more Christmases and Thanksgivings and holiday seasons and birthdays I'm going to have, you know, with my, with my parents and my aunts and uncles. And, um, you know, last year I lost my, you know, my, my last grandfather you know I lost both my grandfathers in my life so I only have my grandmother now and and you know when you're going towards Christmas this year just do everything you can you know if you if you have a mom and dad or a parent or guardian or somebody that take care of you just to you know reach out and talk to them and and if possible spend you know spend it with them because you only get one life and live it to as much as you can yep uh I couldn't have said it better myself you you, you hit every every point uh, perfectly right there. Ditto everything Jr. said. Uh, like I said, uh, everybody stay safe out there. Uh, tune in next week for Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this, and just thank you all for listening and all the support you've given us since we started. It's been amazing, and uh, we do this for the passion we have for horror and for all our fans. And uh, with that being said, uh, just once again, uh, thanks everybody. Uh, tune in next week, and with that, uh, it is time to uh, bid you adieu. A goodbye. Good night. Stay creepy. Bang. <laughs>